man, one woman, in a podcast that might be like a few others, unlike any you've ever heard before. Megan, what are we talking about today? Oh yeah, this is The Truth is Somewhere, a conspiracy theory podcast, uh, where we talk about conspiracy theories and other things in that vein. Megan, what are we talking about? Today, we're going back to Russia. Mother Russia. Because <laughs> uh, I felt like torturing myself with more <laughs> names that I cannot pronounce. Okay. So, for your enjoyment, here's all the things that I am going to struggle p- to pronounce for the next 30 or so Do minutes. you have a list of all the things you're going to struggle? No, oh, no, you're just oh. going to hear them. That would be real great if you're just <laughs> like, here's all the things, better. and you just like struggled over each word, uh, and that would have been it. Yeah. Okay. So in Yakutia, <laughs> Siberia, mm-hmm. you'll find the basin of the Vilui River. Okay. And in the same vicinity, vicinity is another river called the Olguidok. <laughs> Olguidok. Oh, okay. Olguidok. Okay. Uh, the gooey duck. <laughs> the gooey duck, yes. You'll also find stories that go back centuries about huge red metal domes that come out of the earth. Okay. These domes are described as giant upside-down cauldrons, and the Olgadok translates to, quote, a place with cauldrons. Oh, okay. Quote. Do you remember, do you remember, like, there was a thing where you'd, like, say something into your hands, and it sounds yeah. like gooey duck. What do you say? Girl. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I remember that. I don't remember like duck, though. It just school. sounds like gooey. That definitely never had duck on the end of it. Oh. I wonder what it... Uh, does that sound... I, hope, I wonder what it sounds like to our listeners. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. You tell us. Yeah. <laughs> so it translates uh, to a place with cauldrons. Okay, girl, duck, lake. Yes. And in the... That's in the... Uh, it all makes sense. Witches are girls. That's in the Yakutian language. Um, I think that we might have a friend or two who would disagree with the idea that uh, magical peoples are only girls. Oh, I said witches. Okay, all right, all right, fair. Witches. Okay. Well, I mean, sure, someone might still argue with me. Um, I mean, this is the this is 2019. If someone doesn't argue with me about a boy being a witch, that's this uh, <laughs> is not 2019. Uh, but also, uh, I I thought. Uh, boys were warlocks, but then or again, wizards. or wizards, or wizards, if we're talking Harry Potter. But yeah. um, you're right. I uh, I don't mean to offend anyone by assuming their uh, witchcraft. Yeah, they're assuming their Wiccanism. Yeah, I'm a Wiccanist. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like, uh, everyone knows Wiccan neighborhoods are are yeah are, are just they just not wizard safe. cops. Yeah. <laughs> Don't mm-hmm. get me wrong, I have Wiccan friends. But the, the Wiccan neighborhoods, they just aren't as safe. They just if, you, are... if you have not seen Wizard Cops, look it up on YouTube, because it's actually really funny. Mm-hmm. We're going to get back to what you're here for now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Wiz Cops. <laughs> the, uh, the cauldrons are called Olgui, Olguis, Olguiz, <laughs> uh, to the natives, who okay. have passed down stories about the cauldrons for hundreds of years. Okay. Okay. Do you want to unpack that because we interrupted so much? I mean, yeah, that's kind of, I'm kind of like, I don't know if I paid attention to anything that you said. I was just like. Okay. 
I will give you the cliff notes. Cliff notes. We're in Siberia. 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 There are red cauldrons that come out of the ground. Wait, red cauldrons come out of the ground? Yes, giant red. You really didn't pay attention to anything. No, I did not. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. There's stories about huge red metal domes that come out of the earth that are are said to look like giant upside down cauldrons. Okay. Are there pictures? No. Okay. So the, uh, um, there are illustrations and I will get them for you. Okay. But, uh, the native language calls this river a place with cauldrons. Okay. Okay. There we are. There we are. Okay. We're all caught up now. This was for the listeners, obviously. (laughs) So the cauldrons have openings at the top and a smooth staircase. Oh. That uh, wind down the sides into metal rooms that remain warm even in the harshest Siberian winters. Oh. And in some accounts that are like passed down story, like tradition things, they are called iron houses. No, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I think that would make more sense than calling them cauldrons. Okay. Um, That's interesting. I would not think that a um, home made of iron would insulate very well. In fact, um, I would think that would be the exact opposite. Because well, they aren't actually made of iron. What are they made out of? They don't know. Oh. It's a red metal. Mm-hmm. But it's not iron. I mean... Remember what we're here for. We're here re- for conspiracy theories. I mean, oxidated no, iron. No, you'll see. I'll get there. Okay. It is actually red. The whole metal is red. It's not oxidation. It can't be scratched. Nothing comes off. Okay. It is red metal. You heard it first here, folks. Red metal. Red metal. Um, That is my next band. Yep. So, the metal is red and incredibly hard was literally my next note. So, Mm -hmm, there mm -hmm. we are. Uh, It appears to be impossible to chip or scratch. Okay. And additionally, it's a totally smooth metal with no blemishes. Okay. No blemishes. Um, Natives have feared the cauldrons for centuries, believing them to be the homes of giant cyclopses. Okay, Mm -hmm. yeah. They believe that being near the cauldrons invites sickness and death, and local tribes still steer clear of the areas where the cauldrons can be found, believing them to contain malicious forces. Oh, interesting. There are supposedly no signs of wildlife around the cauldrons, and the forest remains eerily silent. And people who have spent too much time in the wilderness near the cauldrons simply drop dead, or they get very, very sick. Um, so many people have reportedly died or vanished in the area that locals gave it the nickname Iluyu Chukur Chur Jesus Churkachek. I think you gotta give that first word another go. <laughs> Iluyu Ilu Iluyu It's U L I U I Iluyu 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 Churkachek. I will not say that ever again. Kirchkek. Because it translates. <laughs> it translates to Valley of the Death, and that's what I'm going to call it from now on. I mean, the Valley of Death, but Valley of the Death, I like that better. <laughs> Whatever. Whatever. <laughs> uh, so the cauldrons appear to become known to the outside world sometime in the 19th century mm-hmm. and became the interest of explorers. One such explorer, R. Mack, wrote in, in 1853. In Suntar, which is in Siberia, okay. I was told that in the upper reaches of the Vilyu River, uh, there is a stream called Algi Timirbit, which translate as the large cauldron sank, following the Vilyu. 
close to its bank in the forest, there is a gigantic cauldron made of copper. Its size is unknown, as only the rim is visible above the ground, but several trees grow within it. But this is a real one? This is what somebody wrote about it. Uh, okay. Is, the villagers told him this. Copper makes sense. I can imagine copper, like, people passing down that something looks red if it was made out of copper. But the thing is, copper is a really malleable substance. It is. Well, I mean, yeah, but you're not just going to scratch copper. I mean, maybe with a tool, mm-hmm. but, like, you're not going to come up there and scratch at it with... And then copper is kind of a goldish color anyways, a mm-hmm. reddish gold. But they can't chip anything off of it. So, like, copper yeah. would oxidize. It would turn green. It would turn green, right? One. right. And then, two, when, like, the explorers were out there, they were, like, trying to take pieces of it back, mm-hmm. and they couldn't even, like, cut into it. And copper's way too malleable You're for right. That. Copper's way too malleable for that. And it would still make... It would still be a poor insulator. Worse than iron, actually. Well, there you go. Um, so there was another explorer, Mikhail Koretsky, and he visited the area three separate times, 1933, 1937, and 1947. Mm-hmm. He claims to have seen seven of the cauldrons over the course of his visits to the valley, and he explained that the cauldrons are like red copper, but not malleable like copper. Okay. And he did not find chambers like others had spoken of, but did notice that the vegetation growing around the cauldrons was different from other vegetation in the area. Do you know how it's different? Um, they, like, they were different colors of green and they were, like, different plants. Like, oh. plants that didn't grow elsewhere in the forest grew inside the cauldrons. That's, in, oh, in the cauldrons. Yes. Okay. So some of them, I think, are not upside down. Okay. Some of them are upside down domes and some mm-hmm. of them are, like, in the ground and you can just see a rim. But they rise up and down? No. thought you said that in the beginning. I never said that. I just assumed they rose. <laughs> no. Okay. They don't. All right, but there's no pictures of these cauldrons. So. No pictures. Okay. Okay. Um... So he notices that the vegetation is different, and he and his team of five people stayed the night in one of the cauldrons and did not experience any sense of foreboding or or serious illness, though he does note that about three months later, one of his colleagues lost all of his hair. Oh, okay. (laughs) And then he also had, like, three little dots on his head that were painful, Uh and they never went away. Oh. On the side on which he slept. But nobody, other than that, nobody had, like, a serious illness and no one died. I was kind of hoping that you were going to be like... They stayed there for a little while, and they had no issues, though a few months later he reported that he was dead. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, uh, colleague lost all of his hair. Yes, yes. Uh, They were unable to break off any piece of the cauldron, but Koretsky did find a strange stone that was half of a perfect sphere. Mm -hmm. He said it had no visible signs of having been shaped, but was polished. No. But it was like it was polished. Um, He claims that the stone was able to cut glass. Not the round part. No, because it's half of a sphere, mm-hmm. so you would have sharp edges, kind of. Does that make sense? I mean, at the corners, where are we talking the sphere or circle? Sphere. Yeah, so I so imagine have a... a sharp edge where yes. it was cut. Yes. So. Yeah. yeah that where it's flat. To... Yeah, and then at the corners. Yeah. Where you have, like, a near 90 degree angle. There wouldn't be any 90 degree angles on a circle. If you have half of a circle, if you cut a circle in half still round what about the flat part the flat part that it would like sit down on and there would be like a dome what no look <laughs> look yes. half a circle oh i guess those are kind of 90 degrees so i said I close I to a 90 saying. degree okay, angle I not you're, yeah, you're yeah. right they're probably like he had to draw me a picture because i couldn't see it but yeah, okay, yeah. they're probably it. like 89 degree angles i understand now yes those could cut glass okay um 
He unfortunately gave the stone to his grandfather in 1937. And it was lost forever. Yes, because that year his grandfather was arrested. Uh-huh. And the grandfather died in custody in 1968, and no one knows the whereabouts of the stone now. Oh, I no. I knew immediately when I was researching this, I was like, oh, Corey's gonna love this. Yeah. Uh, lost forever. Wow. Lost forever. <laughs> uh, no one in modern times has been able to locate the cauldrons. In the early 20th century, um, explorers were explaining that they were finding only the edges of the Great Rings, and the rest was filled in with vegetation. Mm. Um, and in the 1970s, archaeologists thought they had found a promising spot based on what the locals had told them about locations. Okay. But the vegetation was so thick and overgrown that nothing could be definitively found. Uh, Yeah. Okay. Uh, Koretsky even noted that between his second trip in 1937 and his third trip in 1947, some of the cauldrons had sunk into the ground considerably. So it might just be that they had sunk in so deep that you can't find them. I told you they sink. Mm Mm-hmm. I had no idea Um, what I was talking about, but it's because I am one with the cauldrons. Yeah, you are one with the cauldrons. Uh, But yes, it's possible over hundreds of years that they just continued to sink and now they are not capable of being found. Girl. Yes. Uh You're one with the cauldrons. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Other legends are linked into the cauldrons. The Yakut have several legends that reference explosions and fiery spheres shooting into the sky, and all of them link back to the cauldrons somehow. Okay. Uh, Some are described as coming from the holes in the top of the cauldrons, and they were described as being thin columns of fire that did not appear to cause great damage, but at the top of the columns appeared a very large fireball, and this fireball was followed by a series of explosions. Oh, sounds like more uh, Russian missile testing. (laughs) Sure. Uh But, I mean, these stories are going back to long before we had missiles. No, well, long before we had missiles. What about Russia? Well, how long do you think Russia's had missiles? Because these are going back, like, biblical time stories. Well, I mean, you ever seen Ancient Aliens? Yeah, this actually was covered on an episode of Ancient Aliens. Uh Uh-huh, yeah, 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 exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Uh, Well, let me guess those cauldrons were spaceships. Sort of. We're oh, getting yeah. there. Oh, ooh. We're getting there. Okay. I haven't gotten to the conspiracy part of this yet, have ooh. I? I mean, this, yes, you have. The whole thing so far is a conspiracy. Fair. Okay. <laughs> well, I haven't gotten to the theories about it yet. Okay. Yes, um, yes. But what that actually sounds like to me is a nuclear explosion. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like big mushroom. Sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, how big, though? I don't know. Um. So now we get to the theories. Now we get to the We're theories. We're to the theories. Uh, they, of what the cauldrons could be if they do exist. Okay. The most obvious theory is aliens. Uh, these are crashed UFOs or well, or were built as bunkers by aliens to remain safe. Okay. There's a, re- a Russian, u- uh, ugh. there is a Russian researcher named Dr. Valery Yuvarov, and he is the head of the Department of UFO Research, Paleosciences, and Paleotechnology at the National Security Academy of Russia. You know, it doesn't help... That there is this guy, or her, this lady, Dr. Valerie, I would imagine. Well, that's, a, a I think, a man's name in Russia. Valerie? Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. That this part, yeah, dang it, now everyone's gonna get at me for assuming <laughs> gender just after I assumed Wiccanism. <laughs> <sighs> okay, but it doesn't help the paleontologist that this guy is a, well, well actually, is there, what's the difference between paleoscience and paleo, paleo, Paleontology, I yeah, don't know. Yeah, and paleotechnology. At the National Security Academy of Russia. This I is mean, like a government thing. Yeah. 
I mean, it's at least national. <laughs> yeah, government. Uh, I mm, paleo science and paleo technology. Is this <gasps> dinosaur technology? I think it might just be ancient. You might be right. Might be like uncovering. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, does that have a connection? I don't know. Maybe they don't even have a connection. Maybe they don't. Maybe they're just witches as well. Maybe. And we all know where witches get their powers. From aliens. From aliens. <laughs> it's all full it's circle. all full circle. Okay. Anyway, we're going to get back to what Dr. Yuvarov says. He says the cauldrons are connected to a subterranean power plant. Mm-hmm. Uh, and are a network of weapons to protect the Earth from extraterrestrial dangers. Well, that's nice. Hopefully they show up if we need them. Uh, so he claims they were built by aliens in ancient times, ancient aliens, mm-hmm. and they have been running autonomously ever since. Okay. He thinks they are responsible for shooting down the Tunguska meteorite in 1908. Oh. The, oh, fuck, Chulim, maybe, meteorite in 1984, mm-hmm. the Vitim meteorite in 2002, and possibly even the Irkutsk Meteorite in 2011. I don't remember that one. I know there was one a couple years ago that blew up above all of the, um, above the city in Russia. Maybe that's it. If it was out in Siberia. Well, not in Siberia. Well, I, though, I think that they're assuming that, I'd be surprised if all of those were just in Siberia. No, they were in this region. Oh, all they, those like, are, okay. Like, that's legitimately, like, all of these happened in the general vicinity of these okay, they supposed just sh- cauldrons. shoot anything that comes down? Yeah, they, they shoot that stuff out of the sky. So what, it doesn't injure the earth too we should terribly badly. Take a drone and fly it down. And see if it, <laughs> see if it shoots it down. Fire. Right. But my question is, why only in the, that area? It seems kind of poor planning to put your... Uh, I don't know. Maybe aliens really like Russia. Yeah, Siberia. They're like, oh man, all the snow. Um, so... Unless it's a self-defense system. They... It is a self-defense system. Against more than meteor. Gotcha. No, no, no. Well, not for Russia. For the aliens, but not against... uh, It's like, not just for meteors. Anything that comes down here, it's... If I see anything come down from that sky, I want it blown out. Sure. You know? Yeah. Yeah. When we're gonna get this system going till we get out of here, you know, and then suddenly they're like, uh, we gotta go, we can't shut it down. I don't know why the aliens are kind of southern sounding. The <laughs> <laughs> yeah, accent you picked, so we're sticking with it. Right, but then the system. And witches there. get their powers from that. Aliens. 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 Uh. So, I ain't a witch, I'm a hillbilly. Right. <laughs> there are, uh, like I said, numerous large meteor crashes in the general vicinity of the cauldrons. And the area supposedly has radiation spikes, which could explain why people get sick. Okay, that would... That, that makes would. a lot of sense. They can be having radiation poisoning. That could explain why that guy lost all his hair. Yeah, that actually would. Um, Yuvarov also pointed to the fact that the legends about thin shafts of fire with large fireballs on top strangely resembles the mushroom cloud of an atomic bomb. Okay, sure, sure. And could be in an electromagnetic formation that is used to destroy or deflect meteorites and asteroids. Yeah. Yep. Look at you just going and saying exactly what we said. Yep. <laughs> y- yep. Yep. <laughs> that's what you. That's what you get when I have a scripted thing that I say. Sorry. Yep. <laughs> Uh, another theory is that the do- domes are a result of a natural geological process, like ice-covered underground methane bubbles that collapsed. Okay. 
Interesting. Why is it red, though? And why is it metal? And metal, yeah. Yeah. Um, and finally, there's the theory that the cauldrons are simply hallucinationed, hallucinations caused by, caused by volcanic gases. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, there are areas of the valley that have recorded high levels of gases like hydrogen sulfide, carbon dioxide, and sulfur dioxide. And the levels are so high that large numbers of birds and other small animals are found dead in the valley. Oh. Valley of death. Uh, these levels can be dangerous to humans, causing headaches, dizziness, fever, and weakness. And there are other valleys in Russia that have similar levels of gases that cause illness in people. So That's it's not unheard of. Yeah, and maybe that might support why there are um, certain, like the vegetation is different because it's vegetation that can handle that high level, uh, oh, the high levels yeah, of gases, right? Point. So it might not be that the vegetation, oh yeah, it looks weird and it's slightly different color. Well, yeah, it's a different color because it's getting a different chemical composition into its system, one. And two, it might even not be that they're like genetically different than what's around them, but it's weeded out all the stuff that would have normally covered that vegetation or that vegetation would have nuzzled itself up, itself up next to a tree and mm-hmm. looked like something different until it stands out, you know? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That makes sense. Like if we had a field of dandelions, mm-hmm. it would look ugly and foreign to us because we're used to looking at dandelions like tucked weeds. in with grass, mm-hmm. right? Or in, you know, one or two little plants popping out of a flower garden, uh, not intentionally, obviously. But uh, but if you saw a whole field of those, that would look weird to you. Yeah. Or you saw like a weird circle outcropping of just dandelions, you'd go, what the heck is well, that? Maybe they were actually like... Um spots where meteorites had struck at some point sure and that could explain radiation levels Mm -hmm. because right don't they have like well i mean it could i don't think i'm not really sure but i wouldn't be surprised if there's lots of uranium on certain meteors yeah I feel um, like I've seen that in movies. Not that movies are a really good example. Oh yeah, of science, where they're like, but, like they hit, just, they crack, and there's green light coming off. of No, them. no, I just feel like that's <laughs> something like in movies where they talk about like, oh, there's radiation levels, so you have to wear like protective gear when you go in to investigate. Sure. When something like there's that definitely, um, well, they definitely don't know what, like right off the bat, is in a meteor. Um, most, uh, I can't remember the difference there. I used to know the difference between. Um, meteors and meteorites i want to say a meteorite is after it's landed and a Mm -hmm. meteor is when it's falling but it might be the other way around and then there's comets and those never touch the ground those Mm -hmm. just burn through the sky but anyways um that might be that might be it i would not be i would not be surprised and i don't think it is um is uh unthinkable to think that a highly radioactive meteor came and hit um the other thing I was thinking about as I was writing about this, because this final theory involves volcanic gases, I was like, okay, so there's a hole at the top, mm-hmm. and you see fireballs shooting into the sky. Yeah, I was right. like, these people were just seeing volcanoes, mm-hmm. and they passed down this, like, mm-hmm. this crazy thought process of, like, explaining what they could be, Red and they magma. had no other way to explain what they were, so they called them uh, cauldrons. Because they didn't know, like, because it's, like, bubbling magma, like, cauldrons. Yeah, it's bubbling. Right? It's got, I mean, it, and it could look red. Uh, now, I think the guy who later said he saw them was... Well, obviously, that's totally different. But yeah. I was just thinking, like, if Ancient we're going to talk about, yeah. like, the, the folklore of it being passed down among the native peoples yeah. for literal centuries, then I'm going to think 
they didn't know how else to explain and the not, volcano. Not all, va- not all volcanoes look the same, either. They can be built up on a hill mm-hmm. and pop up um, little spouts as well. Yeah. I don't think that's really as likely, but, uh, and I'm not a archaeologist, not an archaeologist, but a um, geodude. <laughs> I didn't mean it like that. Uh, but uh, yeah. Anyways, I I would be I wouldn't be surprised if volcanoes could pop up like that and maybe pop up some small little you know like ten twelve foot little volcano that spews magma from the well, side of it. You could have a you could have an earthquake that like causes the ground to shift and make mm-hmm. a mound that possibly you could then have lava come out of. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. there are all sorts of geological things that could Magma. have happened to make mm-hmm. what people would have tried to explain as a red cauldron. And then when lava cools, it's like, it's hard, right? It's like, it forms a rock, doesn't it? Uh, usually, yeah, yeah. Yeah, some so sort, maybe some they were thinking it was a metal because it Pumice. was hot, and then... Yeah. It's normally, um, not always, but like, Obsidian, if I remember correctly, comes from uh, magma. But there, there's all, all sorts of formations that can come from it. Um, pumice mm-hmm. is from magma. That's why it's got all the holes in it and it's so light. But uh, yeah, I don't. Know. I think I think that's plausible. Mm-hmm. And and I think that maybe it was a little bit more accurately described if it's as old as it is and these tales are as old as they are. I kind of question if they're that old, um, mostly because. The oldest written story that we have is Beowulf. Mm-hmm. And even if... So, I'll give it credence and say that maybe there's a good chance that this story verbally has yeah, been passed down I'm for saying. a long time. Yeah. And if that's the case, there is a good chance that maybe they were describing it pretty accurately in the beginning. Um, and but then things got yeah. mistranslated. You ever played a game of telephone? Yeah. yeah. Well, and, and then when they were trying to explain to people who didn't speak the language natively... Mm-hmm. Cauldron yeah. could have been the wrong word. Mm-hmm. Or somebody else attributed it. They were like, there's these huge mountains with bubbling magma in them. Maybe and cauldrons. Were like, you have big cauldrons? Or maybe even then, like, someone was like, there's these big things with magma coming out of them. And people were like, I don't get it. Like, like cauldrons. Mm-hmm. And then from then on, he told the story as these cauldrons. cauldrons. Yeah, And for sure. they spewed red magma from it, which turned into these red cauldrons. Mm-hmm. That were always warm. So it's really interesting because this is not a theory I came across at all that it could actually just be volcanoes. That was something that I literally just thought of as I was writing. I was like, they're just yeah. volcanoes. I think it, I think it's a possibility. But I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. You don't know. That's kind of the point. The truth is somewhere and we haven't found it. It is. It's true. That's the point. Yeah. That's all we got for today, right? That's all I got. That's all you have. That's all I have. Because if you're out... Then you're I'm out. out. Okay. Uh, I mean, I can talk for a long I time. <laughs> we can go way off the rails like we did in the beginning, but I'll I'll save you the pain, and I will tell you. <laughs> well, I cracked in that one. But uh, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at TTS Podcast. You can find us on a Facebook group as TTS Podcast mm-hmm. Group. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you like what we're doing, you can jump on over to iTunes, leave us a positive review. If you really like what we're doing you can jump on over to patreon mm-hmm. and uh get yourself some merch and some cool bonus content we've got some really cool new stuff in the works for patreon which by the way Haley bailey welcome to the patreon team yay, yay! welcome 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 to the craziness mm-hmm. <laughs> uh 
You can email us at the truth of somewhere podcast at gmail.com with uh, questions, comments, concerns. If you're mad about Corey's assuming Wiccanism. Oh, man. <laughs> and uh, merch is at the truth of somewhere.threadless.com. And also, I mean, you can find us on notes, the truth of somewhere.com. Yeah. 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 Yep. Uh, and all of the links to all of the other stuff is on the truth somewhere.com. I could probably just say that. Like, go there, find it. Right. But, We're also going to start uh, releasing uh, episodes early on Patreon. So um, if you want to listen to it just slightly before everyone else. Mm-hmm. Patreon. Uh, We're going to post yeah. my notes and all of their unedited glory. Yeah, I'm going to try. No promises, but I will be uh, showing my editing process so the mm-hmm. world can see. Um, but no promise on that. Yeah. Yeah. And there might be some uh, Patreon-only episodes Ooh. coming in the near future. Well, I mean, we've, we're pretty certain... That's happening. That's happening. That's yeah. gonna happen. They're gonna be little mini episodes, but they're gonna be Patreon only. Nobody else gets to gets to have those. That's true. So yeah, I think that's everything. Truth is somewhere, people. Keep looking. <laughs>